name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. In theory, my 10-year-old, nay, 11, just turned 11 yesterday, so that's why. I'm just, it'll allow me a little bit of time to get used to that. My 11-year-old son is pissed because this week he's supposed to be on spring break, and his school decided not to do spring break because they're, we're all sheltering in, and they've been doing online courses you know, every day with their teachers and, and, and other online courses and in math and things like that, but it's not like a full-time session, and so the, the school was like, look, we're not going to really do a spring break. We'll just continue doing the things that we're doing. Uh, he's pissed about that. He thinks that he should have a spring break. And so he's just kind of incensed. He's like, we should, this is spring break. We should have spring. Now I will tell you as an aside, my 15 year old who is 15, by the way, uh, did have spring break last week. So part, so part of the problem is, is that he's looking at her and she gets spring break and, and she got to do nothing online course wise. And so he's, it's the comparison thing. It's basically the, it's like Facebook in the house. You're looking at somebody else and they have it better than, than you, at least as you, perceive it. I offered him a deal. I said, look, fine. Okay. You're pissed about this. Fine. You can do no online courses all week. You can just stay and do nothing all week. You can have this week as spring break, but the exchange is that next week when your school is back in session, quote unquote, via online courses, you have to do six hours straight of schooling because that's what you would have been doing had you been in school and then you would have sort in a sense earned your spring break because you would have been in full-time school. You haven't really been in full-time school, which is why they decided to, to not do the spring break and just to continue the part-time kind of model. He goes, well, if that's the case, then why are we, why are we still doing weekends? And he's, I had nothing. I was like, can you go paint the outside of the house or something? Cause he freaking logic me out again. Because we've been doing weekends and his school's been doing, they, they take weekends off. Damn it, these kids. Turns 11, logic starts to sink in. It's pissing me off. I was like, I don't know. Can you can you hit toast on the toaster? Because mm, leave me alone with this thing. I am taking, speaking of online courses, and this just speaks to, you know, can we just be honest about the fact that there's never been a better time to have a pandemic than right now? I mean, this is, an absolutely phenomenal time to have a pandemic because look at all the online shit that we can do. I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, it's not 1918. That's, that's, what did Sid say about the pandemic? Has he been weighing in on that? Yeah, he said, well, luckily it's not 1918. That was what he said. I'm getting online CPR certified. CPR certified online. So I'm doing a running coaching course, which I finished all the coursework for it. I haven't taken the exam because I can't take the exam because I have to be CPR certified before I can take the exam. So they recommended an online CPR training. Online certified CPR. I'm not even kidding. Online. So what that means is when I'm done, I'll let you guys know. And if you go into cardiac arrest, just FaceTime me and I'll solve that shit over FaceTime. I don't need to be in there in person. I don't need to do compressions, uh, 30 compressions and then two breaths in live. It's all virtual these days. You can save lives virtually. <sighs> mm. You know what's saving my life and getting my heart started? This freaking AeroPress coffee. Both, both those things are happening simultaneously. 
So let's talk about adaptation. So I've been doing running uh, in my running course uh, deal, and and that's how that's been going. But I've also been running uh, regularly and 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 on a treadmill. I bought a treadmill, guys. Okay, I bought a treadmill. I was like, you know what? I'm by, I'm by, I always kind of want a treadmill. And um, so I bought one. And so it has, you know, running coach things. You can run along with a guy or a girl. Um, and they are running coaches and they're talking about stuff. So I'm, it's kind of an immersion thing. I'm like listening to them. And then I'm listening to the, you know, and then I'm reading all the coursework for my running coach thing. So a lot of discussions about adaptation, of course, in the context of physical stuff, which is typically where you're going to, where you're going to get that kind of discussion is going to be in the physical realm, adaptation and musculature and ligaments and tendons and how they adapt and under stress and all these kinds of things. I'm primarily, not only, but primarily focused on the mental side of this and how that translates over to the mental side of adaptation. And and so, so I was going to do a podcast on this anyway. So it was just kind of in the cards that the run, the run I took this morning, he was talking about the exact thing I talk about all the time, which is stress, the right amount of stress and what that does. Of course, he's talking about physically. And so when you, when you put the right amount of stress, which is the, by most counts, the, the studies are showing that like 80% of your, of your workouts running wise should be very easy. Kind of just like you can talk through them, like conversational, no problem. And then 20%, in fact, I had a guy on my old podcast, Approaching the National Podcast, named um, Fitzgerald. What was his name? Matt Fitzgerald. And he's an author, and he wrote a book called 8020 on this very thing. I interviewed him a couple times, actually. He had two books, so I did it twice. Really nice guy. Very well-informed about this very thing, which is 80% of your workouts very easy. And then 20%, like you kind of kick him in with like an interval run or a tempo run or something like that. So... Um, kind of what, what does that mean? Oh, kind of like a most of the time, Sid. Yeah. It's exactly what I'm talking about for years. Most of the time, like most of the time keeping your things, you know, eating well and exercising and then spikes of things that aren't as healthy that are, you know, a little more stressful and you're going to be fine more than fine. You're going to thrive. So again, so I'm listening to this thing, the right amount of stress. And, but I want to point out today in this episode is that it's it goes both ways and i think that a lot of people are attuned to too much stress we understand that like we get like too much stress i have a stressful job i don't get a lot of sleep and it's breaking me down we understand that model in a sense because we're it's it sort of defines most of us in the modern world is that it's we're sort of in a too much stress um picture so we think because the fact of the matter is the opposite also rings true, which is that too little stress also weakens us. And in a, in a physical way, it's so, so um, kind of the same two sides of the same coin. If you have too little stress on your body, guess what happens? You get weak. You're too little stress and your bone and muscle weaken. They actually weaken with too little stress. Like bones, what do they, what do they recommend for healthy bones? Weight-bearing exercise, like walking, running, things that are going to stress as the pounding happens, your bones and your, well, your body in general, but your body recovers and adapts to that added stress by strengthening the, the skeletal system. And that's how that works. But see, mentally, it's the same thing. But if you go less stress sitting on a couch, it's it, it, it weakens you. Now, if you go more stress and you're pounding, 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 and you're really stressing out your body, guess what? Your bones and muscles are going to weaken too. That's how you get injury and, and, and all those kinds of things. Inflammatory diseases, itises can be from too much and too little. How interesting that is, but mental too. Why I'm talking about this is because 
obviously we're in this coronavirus time right now. And if you're listening to this, you know, five years from now, um, if there's still a coronavirus, then man, how did that happen? And if there's not, lucky you, five years out. Um, And why would you be listening to episode 90? By the way, episode 90, that's kind of something, right? That's a nice even number. You guys know I like that, right? But also I kind of fast-tracked the numbers because I did the daily podcasting for nine days or eight days. And that just whipped me from episode 80 up to 89, like in a blink of an eye. Kind of cheated that process, but not really because I did actual episodes. Jeez, why are you guys getting me on a technicality? Mm. I am talking about this because in this coronavirus context, too little can be the name of the game. We've got too much because we've got the coronavirus and we've got the stress of it and we've got the news of it. But then we've got the too little because we've got the sheltering at home, can't go to work, can't do stuff, feeling like we can't do stuff, feeling powerless. Both, both sides of the same coin. Dig? So strength, essentially is adaptation. I mean, I want you to think about this for a while until my next episode when I talk about, oh, I don't know, clowns. I mean, it's what Sid thinks. So it literally could just be like, I'm going to think about my shoe today in this episode. So until then, think about strength, strengthening your body. And of course, that's going to be health, right? Because that's strength. Strengthening your body is essentially adaptation. I think it's a really good way to look at strength. It's adaptation. It's how are you able, how well are you able to adapt? Isn't that... Uh, relevant right now? How well are you able to adapt to the changes that were this time forced on us, but sometimes aren't forced on us, but there's changes that are going to occur. We choose to get a new job, but there's going to be stress associated with that because it's a new job, et cetera, et cetera. We choose to have a child. There's going to be stress. We choose to get married. There's changes and differences. Those are change that can be positive and fun, but there can also be stressful too. And how strong are we in the sense that how able are we to adapt to these changes in ways that do not injure us, do not make us weaken, do not make us weaker than when we came into it. Dig? So training yourself to be adaptive, to be efficient in your adaptation, that goes for physical and mental. Training yourself to adapt in mind is so relevant. I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, I can tell you because I am telling you. But I'm going to say that you can train yourself right now to be able to better adapt, even while you're in a sense being forced to adapt. I mean, we are being forced to to deal with changes, sheltering in, not getting the food, whatever, just the things that are happening, toilet paper. I mean, that's a massive uh, stressful thing. How do we adapt with that? Well, we adapt with it with, you know, newspaper or, or recycled uh, notepads. Look, I don't want to, I'm not going to get, or, or beach towels. Look, I'm not going to get in. I don't want to get into that. I'm giving away too much free information. Okay. This is like, don't even write that down. That's not fair. You did not earn the, 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 the beach towel tip that I just gave you for free. Okay. That's crazy. I'm saying you can train yourself right now to adapt while you're also being forced to adapt. In fact, I would go one step further and say that this training can be both a distraction and a solution. So the training of adaptation is going to be from the things of that I'm going to, you know, sound like a broken record of, but the eating better, the uh, moving around uh, in your 
house with however you can do it, lifting up uh, books, walking around your living room, dancing to music, the real things. As a small stepper, I'm in week 11 of my current session. I'm talking about how to actually get that done more on, more on that in a second, but I should get, you know, implement this knowledge in a way. But the training of this, the journaling, the thinking, the, the deep breathing, the writing um, of whatever creative stuff can be a distraction from what's going on, but also in that distraction, the best kind of distraction ever, which is going to be that it's going to strengthen you in the process and thereby enable you to be more adaptive in the future. I mean, that's, isn't that amazing? I mean, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing to be able to potentially come out of this? I'm about to blog on this too. So if you haven't signed up for my mailing list, do that. And thank you, by the way, to everybody um, who supports me and stuff. Um, come out of this better off. Wouldn't that be crazy? But totally possible and doable? Yes. Dig? I had a live Q&A for Small Steppers last weekend and I got a question about this. And it's not the first one that I've gotten in the last few few weeks of this, which is how do we thrive? In fact, I did a YouTube video on this. Um, how do we thrive? Like, is this just, can this be more than just about survival? Can we in a mindset be in a way of where we go, yeah, of course I want to survive. Duh, that's the given. That's the no duh. But what if I, can I thrive? Can I, can I come out of this stronger, more adaptive, healthier, even potentially happier? Can I do what is needed to be done, the hard work of this to come out on the other end more like I am deep down and have not been being potentially in my world? But can I come out of this like more living life on my terms, more who I am really meant to be? Can I do that? How amazing is that? would that be? I was forwarded a... Um, a video on some today show um, from from somebody who runs something called the happiness lab yeah again look i'm all for like technically for a happiness lab but the name happiness lab i mean the dreadlocks are literally just coming out everywhere i can't even control them. every time i say happiness lab i get a new unshampooed clump of hair coming out of my my scalp mm. and you guys have seen me that's no feet that's no small feet Yale professor Lori Santos. She has opinions about how to how to be happy during this corona this very stressful time of the of a of a coronavirus. And she kept citing research suggests research suggests the following. This is a tip she gave. Okay, five. Now they're not going to be controversial here. In fact, the opposite. So, but listen to them. Deep breathing. <sighs> Take a deep breath, she said. Acts of kindness. Focus on what you can control. Exercise, eat healthy and sleep well. That's one. That was one, by the way. And gratitude, express gratitude. So she said research suggests. She kept saying research suggests that acts of kindness, research suggests that when you focus on what you can control, research suggests that when you... Research suggests when you... Well, when somebody says research suggests, I want to know where that research came from. So I did a little searching. I did a little deep... This is why you guys, you know, Patreon me because I take the extra time to go the extra mile to know where this research is coming from. Sure enough, guess what? I found it. It's called the Journal of No Shit Sherlock. Uh, it's a little known kind of a little journal out of the UK. Uh, the No Shit Journal, No Shit Sherlock Journal of things that are so fucking obvious that I, you have to have a happiness lab and a Yale prof psychology professor, Laura Santos, lay those out for you. Again, with this pretty obvious shit, 
that we can and quote should do and not enough about how to get this done. We're in a, conti- a thing of stress. It is never enough to go, you know, what you should do is express gratitude. You know what you should do? Eat better and, and, and exercise. You know what you should do? Do acts of kindness and deep breathing. Fo- hey, focus on what you can control. But wait, I'm super stressed. How can I get that stuff done? Well, you know what? I work at the happiness lab. Your, your question didn't make me happy. So that's not, that's not for me. That's not, a, that's not a question the happiness lab can answer because it makes us unhappy to have to field a question that is actually relevant, which is how do we get this done? Okay. So you might be asking me how. You small step it, by the way. I'm not going to belabor that. Go listen to the Approach to the Natural podcast. It's free. It's a 222 episodes where I talked a lot about my small steps approach because that's what this is right now. You have to set a level of deep breathing that fits for you. You try to pull 45 minutes of meditating in the morning because you think you have the time now because you're at home, you're going to burn out because psychologically you don't yet have the time. Physically, you have the time. In the world, time. Yeah, sure, you don't have a commute, so now you're home for 45 minutes, but you don't psychologically have that time yet. It's not there yet, but you do have time for one deep breath potentially or two or five, depending on what that is for you, and that's what you start. And you walk around your living room for two minutes because that's what you psychologically have the time for right now. Of course, all those things are amazing. Deep breathing is amazing. Acts of kindness are amazing. Focusing on what we control is amazing. Eating and sleeping well and and, and, and moving our bodies, exceptional being thankful for the things we do have, amazing. But what if it's hard for us to focus on those things that we're thankful for? What if it's hard for us to be reminded of those things because we're, we're watching the news and we're on Facebook and we're getting bombarded with so much negative crap that it's very hard for us to grasp those things of positive that do exist in our lives? What about then? How about then? That's what I'm talking about. That's why I do this podcast. Because we've got to figure out a way to implement the stuff that we already freaking know. Dig? Ordinarily, I would end the podcast right there. But I'm going to tell you that I'm going to lay down a brand new song that you're going to hear now if you want to hear it. It's called Even Things. I just recorded it last week. I wrote it very recently and recorded it. I'm going to play it right now just for fun. All right, you guys. I'll be back next time. I don't know when. Jeez. Finding out time Just in the nick of time Settling our scores With no reason or rhyme Set your glass to me and gambled on a lie. Told me you'd been feeling dead from casting long lines.
stare down Was in the first to blame I could throw down distraction There goes what I think You have been so high Swung down so low I've stopped trying to even things I finally see how this goes Stop trying to even things I see how this goes